It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807, 64 degrees outside. It's a warm Saturday morning. A weird warm Saturday morning. Temperatures in the 80s this afternoon. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. We can only hope that next weekend we'll have these great temperatures as well. Our friend Michael Schopenhorst joins us this morning. The 38th annual Spring Atlanta Home Show, Michael. That is correct. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm great. So, 30, am I right? 38, right? 38, that's correct. Good heavens to Betsy. Spring <laughs> is here, it's early, and if we have great weather, you'll have great crowds, and it'll be a lot of fun to come to the Spring Home Show at the Cobb Galleria next weekend. Absolutely. It's going to be a great event. Uh, I'm really excited about the lineup of exhibitors, and it is sold wall to wall. There's great. not another space for another booth in there, so great. it's going to be a great showing. So tell me about a few of the exhibitors. Oh, wow. We've got the... Uh, Something that's always exciting for people is the backyard beer garden. I know that's always a fun one there. It's, uh, Red Hair's actually got five different types of beer this year. Yeah. And uh, benefiting Hope Atlanta. It's a $5 donation. You get a sampling bracelet and uh, can enjoy the, the backyard beer garden brought, by, brought to you by Georgia Landscape, too. And every penny of that $5 donation goes right to uh, to Hope Atlanta. So dedicated right. to prevention of homelessness. We figure it's a, an appropriate charity that's ending homelessness when people are coming to our show to uh, improve their, their homes. Makes so, sense. Yeah, great, yeah. great organization. So. Um, builder Specialties, got a, they just keep getting bigger and bigger on their booths and more and more impressive and a variety of things. They're also doing our grand prize, uh, Komodo Joe uh, Ceramic Grill, again this year, uh, always very popular. Reliable and Heating all, and Air has their all, big stage, I'll be yep. speaking there. Yep, and the stage, we've moved the stage a little over to the center of the show, so it's a little bit different location, but it's going to be easy to find, lots of signs uh, pointing you there, but we're excited as always to have you uh, kicking off the stage there on um on Friday, yeah. and uh, with your tips on creating a successful vegetable garden, and Buddy Lee, the inventor of the Encore Azalea, is, uh, is back with us again, updating Great. us on the newest and best plants to plant this spring, and Joe Washington, always a crowd favorite as well, yep, yep. Uh, is doing his popular uh, Adopt and Garden Smart, so people continue to garden no matter what their physical ability is, and we also have Erica Glasner from uh, Gibbs Gardens going to yeah. be on there, creating a four-season garden, so great lineup of uh of folks on this on the reliable heating and air stage as well so the so, spring home show starts next friday right that's correct the 18th all right and noon that, on friday and then we'll have me talking at noon and then the reliable folks uh, will ha- host the other speakers during the day and then we'll have the radio broadcast saturday morning and i'll be there starting at 6 a.m and everybody who wants to come in and get into the home show for free all you have to know is the password from 6 to 9, and the password is reliable. So know that word. Come in anytime between 6 and 9 a.m. at the Cobb Galleria and stick around for an hour when the show opens, what, 10 o'clock, Michael? That's correct. Opens at 10. Uh, from that day, it's Friday is 10 to 6, Saturday is 10 to 7, and Sunday is 11 to 5. And the most important thing people can remember, if they have any questions, AtlantaHomeShow.com uh, has all the information. You can buy tickets online. There's a discount coupon on there, directions, yeah, yeah. list of all the exhibitors, categories, everything is there. So... That's the most important thing to remember. Come yeah. down and see us. Great. It'll be great to see you again, Michael. I look forward to it. The broadcast Saturday morning and next Saturday morning, I should say. And uh, being there at noon this coming Friday. Thanks for calling, Michael. All right. Have a great day, Walter. We'll Thanks. see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. That's the 38th annual Atlanta Spring Home Show at the Cobb Galleria next weekend. Join me there. 
10 minutes past the hour, and Jim is up in ball ground and joins us on the lawn and garden. Hey, Jim, good morning. Yeah, I'm interested in getting some advice on rooting some chestnuts. Yeah. Grow chestnut trees. All right. The uh, American chestnut or Chinese chestnut? What do you want? Probably Chinese. Uh, uh, There's not many American chestnuts. No, not at all. In existence. Why do you want to root them? Why not just collect some of the burrs and take the seed out and plant seeds? Well, I've got the burrs from from the from the tree itself. Okay. All right. Let's just plant the seeds then. That's easy enough to do. Um, where have you had the seeds since last fall when you collected them? I've, I've just had them sitting in a in a satchel. Uh huh. In the I, house. You know. They've been in, in the dark. But they have they been in the months. in the house, Jim, or where? Outside, inside? Yeah, in or? the house. All right. That might be problematic because chestnut seeds need to be um, need to be cold and damp during the winter time. From the time they fall until they're planted or until they germinate in the spring, they need to be cold and damp. And your satchel inside the house doesn't sound so cold and damp. The easiest thing to do to accomplish a lot of this sometimes is just put them all in a container or in a pot maybe outside, covered over with a brick, and uh, let them be outside for all winter long. And let them, that's, that makes the process work so they get vernalized and ready to sprout in the spring. That said, Brother Jim, we're going to plant them anyway. <laughs> we're going to see what happens. You know, it's an experiment. I'm not going to guarantee they'll sprout, but they might. So go outside, find a nice sunny bed. I want you to take a shovel and loosen it up real good, nice loose soil, and plant these seeds, Jim, about six inches apart. Plant them about an inch to an inch and a half, maybe deep. Doesn't have to be very deep. But the most important thing you can do is cover that bed with chicken wire. If you do not, I guarantee every squirrel in the neighborhood of ball ground is going to come to Jim's yard and dig up those chestnut sprouts. <laughs> so cover it over with chicken wire. Um, then just leave it be and wait and see what happens. They are going to sprout, if they will, sometime around the middle to late part of April. So put them in the ground today, and we'll see what happens. All right. All right. I appreciate it. Thank Call you me then. Much. Call me then and let me know. Okay. All right, Jim. We'll see you next time. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Jim's place. Dinah is in Canton, not so far from ball ground, and joins us. Hey, Dinah, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hope you are. I am well. How can I help? I want to know if you can transfer resurrection moss from one tree to another. You bet. You bet. I can tell you how to do it. I have done it myself. Great. Um, and for listeners who are wondering what resurrection moss is, it is a a plant. It's not really and truly a moss, but it is a plant that grows in the crotch of big trees, and during the wintertime it turns brown, and anytime it's dry during the summer it'll turn brown. And then if it rains within, what, 24 hours, I guess, Dinah, it turns green and luxurious and wonderful, and then as it dries up again it turns brown, so it's called resurrection fern, resurrection moss, several words for it. So pretty when it's green. Yeah, really, really pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, So wherever you want to climb up in the tree, be careful on that ladder. Uh, Get up there and take a little spatula. That's what you need. A little thin, narrow spatula and drive it underneath that sheet of moss. It should be pretty easy to pry it loose from the limb. And then take it to the new place and take some string and just wrap it. Wrap the string around the moss to hold it in place until it has time to root into the pieces of bark on your new tree. And it should take a year or so for that to happen, but then it'll live on the new tree perfectly happily. 
Do I need to water it? Well, I think for the yes. For the first uh, four or five months, it would not hurt at all to squirt a hose up in there to keep it watered because the way that it survives in the original tree is it is rooted into the into the bark of that tree, and the bark holds a certain amount of moisture in reserve. On the new tree, it really doesn't have that rooting into the bark phenomenon happening, so there you need to supply extra water just to help it along. Okay, and I don't want to kill what's on the tree in case mine doesn't work. Can right. I just take a little piece or Yeah, so? a piece as big as your hand? Yeah, that would be fine. Over and the years, it, the spores will gradually spread out along the trunk or along the uh, branch of the tree, and so it'll spread a little bit year to year to year. Does it need to be on the same side of the trunk? of the new tree that it is on the old tree? I will say yes, simply because it tells you which side of the tree is pointed more towards the sun or the conditions that it likes. So yeah, let's try to get your compass okay. app, as the guy was talking about earlier. Get your compass app on your smartphone yeah. and know okay. which, way it's, which way to point it. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to try it. It'll, do, it'll work fine, Donna. I have great success in mind for you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. And we have two minutes here. I think we can get Chris in. Chris is in Oakhurst and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris, good morning. How can I help? Hey, Walter. I'm calling about safety of the combination lawn weed killers mm -hmm. with dogs. Okay. What precautions to take? The sprayable or the granular, or which kind do you have? Sprayable, the hose end sprayer kind. According to the label, as long it, as it has uh, dried on the leaves, and I might go as long as 24 hours after you spray, but on the label it says safe for traffic pets and everybody else to get on there because as, as a chemist as I am, once this chemical and most chemicals, once they have dried and sort of bonded to organic particles, which is the leaf blades in your grass, they are really hard to rub off. And the tests that are done involve people rolling around on grass trying to test how much of the residue of these uh, chemicals gets off on their skin. This is under controlled conditions, so it's not going to poison anybody. Thank you very much. But <laughs> the test that the government has done say 24 hours is enough. But remember that you don't always have to use synthetic chemicals. There are organic weed control products you can use. Having a good thick lawn is one good way to control weeds, Chris. Uh, another way is to use one of the organic herbicides. There's natria, which is uh, based in an iron product. There is uh, clove oil. There's herbicidal soap. Um, there might be two or Those three more. Those are all for broadleaf weeds? Yeah, sure. Spot sprays, mostly spot spray. I saw one the other day. Uh, gar is, it's a, the organic line from Ortho. It's called Garden, Garden Sense, Garden Smart, Garden something or other. And it has... Uh, uh, herbicidal soap in it. I bought a bottle myself because I thought I can use this in little spot sprays around the yard. And so you can get these organic products around if you like to, and they work just fine. Great. If you need a list, tell you what, Chris, one last thing. If you need a list of organic herbicides and brand names and where to get them and all that kind of stuff, go to mywalterreeves.com website. Just type in the words organic weed killer or organic herbicide, either one, and I think you'll find the page that I put together with all those products there, and you can get, your, get the one that fits you best. It's 818 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 
And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. A weird, wacky weekend right now. It's 65 degrees, 80 is going up this afternoon. Get your gardening done in the morning because it may have a couple of showers this afternoon and overnight. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Tomorrow you can pick up your Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. They're going to have a big expose on the uh, legislators who are passing bills that help that pass bills that only help themselves, and we find out who is lining their pockets now. Bill is up in Gainesville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bill, good morning. I'm doing fine. How can I help? I'm looking for a low-growing, fast-spreading Bermuda grass. Oh, do you want to go by seed or by sod? Thank your pardon. Seed? By seed. Or, by seed. Uh, most of the Bermuda grasses that are called uh, varieties of common Bermuda, and the Sahara is one. Um, there's another one that has a B in the name. Princess 77 is a third one. And all of them spread pretty rapidly. There's not a whole lot of difference between spread. Princess 77, if I were given a choice, is probably the one that's a deeper green, so maybe that would be best for a lawn, I guess, yep. Bill. Princess 77. Princess 77. Yeah. Big thing, though, lots of water. Don't plant them now, of course. We wait until the first week of May is about right when the soil is nice and warm. Um, what else can we do? Uh, basically, we scratch the soil. We've got to have a nice scratch soil, let the seeds get in there and get in good contact with the soil. It would be really nice if you rolled it with one of those $10 rental rollers and roll everything nice and flat so the seed and the soil are right tight with each other. Um, right. Irrigate. Maybe put a little starter fertilizer in there just before you irrigate so you get a little food for the, for the uh, plants, and I think you'd be fine. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your help. All right, Bill. Thanks for calling. Right. Tim Bryant came in a minute ago and asked you about the weather for putting down his uh, Bermuda seed. And I said, well, the way to tell when the soil is warm enough is when you're sitting in your shorts and a short sleeve T-shirt on the ground. And you can do that for 15, 30 minutes maybe and be comfortable. When you can do that without your bottom being all wet and soggy and cold, then the soil is warm enough to plant Bermuda grass. It's got to be warm. First of May is about right. Bermuda, Bermuda shorts and Bermuda grass, I guess, go together. Short sleeve shirt. That's how you know when it's warm enough. We'll be back to more lawn and garden and the pike pick of the weekend right after news. Your love gives me such a thrill. But your love won't pay my bills. I want money. Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. And it should not be 65 degrees outside. Lawn and Garden Show, I'm Walter Reeves, and I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape. And we, 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 Mickey Gasway and myself, are here to help you have an edible landscape. Hi, Mickey. Good morning. Hey, how are you? And today is the great strawberry celebration yes, at Pike Nursery. Yes, it is. Super Strawberry Saturday. The class, by the way, for those of you who want to get out, get out of uh, the house early, the class starts at 9 o'clock. So get your car warmed up and go right now. But Mickey Gasway and I are going to talk about the Pike Pick of the Weekend, which just happens to be... Imagine that, strawberries. <laughs> of course. 
Twenty percent off on all your strawberries, or is that the the sale price? What's going on, Mickey? It's twenty percent off the strawberries. Good deal. And the great thing about strawberries, if you plant one, they have babies and they spread. And so, if you do it right to begin with, you can have lots of strawberry plants over the next year or two. And And that's why babies just happen to be called daughters. Daughters. That's exactly (laughs) right. You have the mother plant. You have the daughter daughter plant. Daughter plant. And they uh, spread over a bed, so you can Mm -hmm. plant them in little strawberry pots if you want to. But I think they do better when planted in the ground and give them a little area to spread and cover. Yeah, they're great. They're easy to grow. I mean, really no problems at all. You just have to keep them away from the birds other than that. They're easy. (laughs) So uh, give me the 911-411, I guess is the right word. Uh, The 411 on how to prepare (laughs) soil for strawberries if you're going to plant them the first time. mainly they just need to, it needs to drain well. You can use the the planting mix or the vegetable and garden soil we've got here. Just open up the clay. Yeah, dig it in, mix it in real good, make it nice and loose. Put your Mm -hmm. mother plant right in the middle so it can spread out. For the daughters and... One of the things that I do, I don't know if you do this, Mickey, but when the daughter's plants are, oh, four or five inches from the mother plant, just to help them peg down and root, I'll take a hairpin or a piece of twig with a V in it and I'll stick it beside to hold that piece of daughter plant down to the that ground to root That is a great in. idea. And that is good. Then occasionally, if it's a real vigorous plant, I fertilize, if I remember to do that during the <laughs> summertime, it'll have granddaughters that'll come out another yeah. six inches from the daughter plant. So they can spread pretty quickly. Yeah, mine are in a row along my um, pathway, so I, you know I'll pick them up and I'll stick them back in. But I hadn't thought yeah, about yeah. doing the um, the pin on it. That's the, right. The escapees we call them yeah, in my family, that's right. the little strawberry escapees. And over the couple of years, the mother plant will decline. The yeah. daughter plants will take over, which is fine because the daughter plants then send their children back into the spot where the mother plant was. You just take a pair of scissors and clip the little connection between them, and everybody's happy. That's right. And we got strawberries. What do you do to keep it. birds away, Mickey? Give us that hint. I use a netting. You know, I use a netting for a while, and then if I'm going to be on vacation, I take it off and I let the birds do it. <laughs> have it. And then when I get back, because most of the ones that I grow are the ever grow, ever bearing. Right. So they grow, <clears throat> you know, they'll do um, all summer, and I'll have a few, but if I'm not going to be there, then there's no need in them. Somebody not used them. So yeah, the can have a little bit on there. Then I put it back when I get back. Sure, sure, sure. I have a set of stakes. So they're just the right height. You can drive yeah. them into the four corners of the garden, put the netting over the top, and that keeps the birds out of the strawberries because they will come in and peck them up pretty badly yeah, if you don't have do. some protection on there. Um, I don't think that I've ever seen chipmunk or squirrel damage, which is odd. You would think the chipmunks and squirrels would be in there, but no, it's always birds. Yeah, it seems like the birds get them first. I don't know whether they just get them so fast. The squirrels don't get them, but um, it does seem the mockingbirds just love them. Oh, yeah, they do. What about fertilizing? Um, You can use the vegetable and um, the vegetable fertilizer. Is a vegetable and tomato. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we've decided that that's even, we've got a berry fertilizer, but I think they've decided that the tomato and vegetable is better because it's a little lower in nitrogen Uh and higher in phosphorus. You don't want to put too much fertilizer on them because you'll get all leaves and no and no fruit. No yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense to me. So let's summarize here. We've got the, the strawberry class going on at 9 o'clock this morning, 20 minutes from now at all Pike locations. Strawberry class, how to grow and enjoy strawberries. Pike uh, is selling the strawberry plants themselves, 20% off. Just go to the cash register and say, hey, this is Walter and Mickey's Pike Pick of the Weekend, and 20% off. And they'll give you a discount right there at the uh, cash register. Join the Play in the Dirt Club, of course, at Pike Nursery. And bottom line, yeah. strawberry celebration this weekend. Plus. 
for every, when, for, with every purchase, you get a free strawberry. Awesome. You have the bare root strawberry. Awesome. And so you get one of those. You can take it home and plant it. Hike knocks it out of the park again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mickey, it's great talking to you. Where would we find the locations and the maps and all the information we need to know about Pike Nursery? PikeNursery.com. Of course. Enjoy Strawberry Saturday. You we'll see too. you soon, Mickey. Bye-bye. It's 840. That gives uh, Joseph and Hartwell his turn. Joseph, join us on Lawn and Garden. Morning, Louis. Morning, Joseph. What's up? Uh, yes, sir. I just had a, a couple questions for you. Um, I live up in Hartwell, and uh, this is my second year planting a vegetable garden. I, yeah. Last year was my first time growing on the property. Yeah. I got about an acre that I'm planting, and a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I'm having some deer issues. I was yeah. just seeing if you might have a couple pointers. <laughs> yeah, there is not a repellent that will work in a vegetable garden as big as yours. Don't even think about spraying with anything to repel deer. That includes human hair, coyote urine, all those crazy things. None of them work. The best, and I'm sad to say it's going to cost a little bit of money, but the best thing, Joseph, is the plastic deer netting. And okay. uh, you can make stakes yourself if you want to out of some uh, treated wood to drive it to the ground. The deer netting is about six feet, I think is how high it is, or how wide the roll is. And it doesn't have to be chain-link fence, and six feet is fine, because as long as the deer feel it in the night as they're walking around thinking, what is over here? Joseph has something planted for us. And if they feel it on their nose, most of the time they'll go to somebody else's garden and eat unprotected vegetables. So your job is to protect it with that deer netting. I see it online more than any place else. I don't think I've seen it around Atlanta, but it's called deer netting. And you can, again, just Google it, say deer netting, and they'll ship you a roll of it. Okay. And uh, I appreciate that. One more question, if you got time. Yeah, real quick. Okay. Uh, well, a fellow that I work with, uh, he, he had a set up that I asked him about the way he's done his he's got the the plastic mulch rolls that he rolls out over his rolls and then he's got the um, the the drip system with the yeah. drip tape run yeah. underneath it yeah and uh, I thought that would probably be the ticket there and I just wondered if you if you might know uh, any anywhere that might sell that locally or, or around Atlanta or anything you mean mulch netting like the orange stuff you use to to mark off construction sites is that what you mean uh, no, the actual, it's actually like a weed prevention roll. Oh, actually, yeah. Like at strawberry fields or something, you'd roll okay. out over you. Some of the commercial places around town, the uh, John Deere folks would have it. And okay. again, it's another thing you may find online if you want to look there. But it's not going to be a thing that Pike would carry other than in small consumer kind of rolls of you know, 25 feet or something. But you need 100-foot rolls. You need long things. Another source, as Joseph called, the Fayette County Master Gardeners, Fayette County Extension Office, and on Monday morning and asked the Master Gardeners where they get theirs because they have this enormous vegetable garden. They use drip tape and the fabric over the top, and they plant through it, and they have an enormous harvest every year to feed uh, the hungry in Fayette County. So ask the Fayette County Master Gardeners where, where they get their stuff, and that will be a great source for you. Joseph, thanks so much for calling. we got to get out of here because it's Adam's turn. Adam's in Decatur, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Adam. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Adam. How can I help? I have a, a dogwood tree uh, that is planted to the side of my house that unfortunately died over the last uh, year. Yeah. And I'd like to plant something new in its place, though I do not know why it died. Huh. So I'm, I'm worried about planting something there. 
Um, I don't know if you could help me. How old was it? How big was it, Adam? Well, uh, it's probably about um, 25 feet tall. Mm. I'm not sure how old it was. I've only had the house for a couple of years. A lot of times, dogwoods run to the end of their life around 20 to 30 years old. And a 25-foot-tall dogwood, that's an old dogwood. So as our time on Earth is limited, sometimes dogwoods' lives on Earth are limited, too. They just accumulate stress. They get dry one year, and it takes a year or two to recover from that. Rain falls and saturates the ground, takes a year or two to recover from that. Maybe a little more shade than they like. It takes some time to figure out how to grow in that shade. So I don't think there's some disease in the soil. It is much more likely that it's simply old age, got your dogwood, and you can plant another one, given the right conditions, right soil and sunshine levels. You can plant another dogwood there tomorrow, this afternoon. It'll be just fine. All right. Thank you very much. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling, Adam. Okay, thanks. Uh, let's go to, let's see, Pam's up in Mableton, Georgia, and Pam joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Hi. Pam. Good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. How can I help? I have three quick questions, if I could. Uh, the first one is we have a field of dandelions oh. that we can't seem to uh, rid ourselves of. Yeah. Um, they're they're pretty much taken over. Um, there was Bermuda uh, grass planted. It's right. more like a pasture area. So do you want um, it to be still what would you pasture? Do you want it to be a lawn? What What is your ultimate goal? No, for I just want to get rid of the um, pasture probably, but just want to get rid of the dandelions. There are a couple of um, pasture herbicides that you can use. Uh, I think Grazon would probably kill dandelions. You need somebody to advise you on pasture weed control, and that's not going to be me. If you go to my website, though, and type the words pasture, there is a University of Georgia publication on weed control in pastures that really should answer most of your questions there. And uh, that's what I would do, is try to find that and use the chemical according to the label, of course, and... Uh, all the safety precautions with it, but that's what I would do. Okay, let me ask you uh, on El Toro. Are you uh, familiar with El Toro? Zorgia, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, when is the best time to fertilize? Because I know there's a lot of weeds that are oh. popping up. Usually they choke themselves out. Right, and the right time is not now. I'm glad you asked this question because it's so warm that a lot of people think, oh, it's warm, I'll fertilize my Zorgia and my Bermuda right now to make it green. It is not appropriate to fertilize either zoysia, Bermuda, St. Augustine, or centipede until okay. soil temperatures are at least 55, if not 60, I would hope, and 65 is best. And that's not going to happen for another easily three or four weeks. And I reminded folks okay. the early part of the show today that Easter of 2007 was the year that it snowed and froze on Easter after we'd had an abnormally warm March. Do not get caught by it. Do not fertilize your lawns until the ground is really, really warm. And that's going to be around the first, second, third, maybe week in April. Hey, man, thanks for calling, Pam. I do appreciate it. It's 847. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, it's going to be a warm afternoon. 80s this afternoon, lows in the low 60s overnight. Maybe the chance of a shower this afternoon, maybe tomorrow as well. So get your gardening done in between showers if they come. Full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And friends, 
sort of on a serious note, my friend, my friend Herbert R. Carp died this past Thursday evening. Herb was the chair of Emory's Department of Neurology. He was the first medical director at Wesley Woods Center. And for his many books and speeches, he was respected across the country. But in, in addition to medicine, this is what I loved about Herb, in addition to medicine, his great passion was music. He was a member of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Board of Directors for many years. He was really deeply involved with chamber music at Emory University. Herb was a wise and gracious friend, a man who welcomed everyone to his home, a guy who was a great spiritual presence to his family, uh, to his neighbors, to his colleagues. And he was really active in his synagogue. And one of the things that Herb was known for, for three decades, I think, was blowing the shofar, which is a trumpet made from a ram's horn at Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year celebration that comes around every year. And Herb, when he was a kid, when he was a teenager, he was a trombone player. He graduated here in Atlanta from Boys High. And because of his musical training, his blowing of the shofar at synagogue was really, really beautiful. And so I thought, in honor of my friend Herb Cart, I thought you might like to hear a few seconds of someone who really knows what they're doing blowing the shofar, Herbert Reuben Carp. May his name be a blessing to us all. Thanks to my friend Scott Maxson for putting that shofar music together. I do appreciate that. Now, don't forget, next Saturday we'll be at the 38th Annual Spring Atlanta Home Show at the Cobb Galleria. I'll be speaking Friday at noon about how to have a more successful vegetable garden. We'll do the show, the radio show that morning from 6 to 9. And if you want to get into the home show for free, all you have to know is the password, reliable. Get there before 9 o'clock and get into the home show for free at 10 o'clock. I'll be at Scottsdale Farms Nursery today at 11.30 up on Birmingham Highway in Milton, Alpharetta, I guess, talking about great new plants for your garden. This Saturday morning has been a great Saturday morning because I got to spend it with Crystal Wheeler, who is screening calls in Ashley's absence this morning, and Scott Maxim, who believes there is a song about mosquitoes named Oogle Boogle Bango in Alfonsi or Irving or something like that. We'll look forward to having that on next Saturday's show. Don't forget... You can always have a better life and a better week if you do something nice for somebody and tell somebody you love them. I'll see you right here next Saturday morning for another edition of You Got It, Lawn and Garden.